Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain, every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack, with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt, presented as always by Bet Online. They're your online sportsbook experts, of course, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, of which this podcast is one of. Don't forget the promo code PODCAST1, all caps, if you want to get that 50% sign-up bonus. Bet online. I'm going to have two more entering players into the NFL draft, which is this week. It's a quarterback's edition, sort of bringing my worlds together, as I mentioned, with Vayner Sports and with clients in the draft. Two quarterbacks you're going to love hearing from. Steven Montez from University of Colorado at Boulder and from University of Hawaii, Cole McDonald. Two quarterbacks, two of the fastest quarterbacks at the Combine. You'll hear from them in the Business of Sports podcast coming up. First, a rant of the week. It is about The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that has been so anticipated and moved up to Sunday night, last Sunday the 19th, as they whet our appetite with two of the 10 uh, episodes that are upcoming, eight more to come. Boy, it's interesting. And what's a couple things that are fascinating. One is that my sons who were not alive when Michael Jordan was in his heyday in the nineties, uh, are so into it and their buddies. I mean, it is just, this is an iconic name probably because of the shoes there. Jordan means so much to them, but it just shows you the power of Jordan and what we're seeing with his ability to attract just hundreds, hundreds of millions of people at one time. And, and even these young people that are just so entranced by him. I was just fascinated how interested my sons are. We watch together uh, in this quarantine period. I have my older son, Sam, who does the music for us, is home. Very interesting to watch. The other thing is I have personal experience here. Out of law school, and even in law school, I worked for David Falk at ProServe, a sports management firm no longer in Washington, D.C., and got to know Michael and his family just a little bit. You know, when I say I was Michael's agent, I'm being brigacious. I certainly wasn't. I was the guy who worked for Michael's agent, David Falk, and I saw so much. Uh, I saw David use Michael's leverage in ways that were trying to help other clients, ways that I could never do it myself. There was one moment I'll never forget when we were negotiating with Red McCombs. People know him as the owner of the Vikings. He was also the owner of the San Antonio Spurs. We had a player there. I believe it was Johnny Dawkins uh, who came out of Duke. And we were trying to get a big deal for him. And it was back and forth. It was an impasse. We weren't getting anywhere. And I just can never forget that David said to Red McCombs, well, if we don't get what we want for Johnny, I think Michael will be sick that night he plays in San Antonio. So the Chicago Bulls played the Spurs on the road once a year, and that would be their biggest sellout, of course, their biggest gate. And here was David threatening that he would hold out Michael, <laughs> who would be quote-unquote sick. And I said to David off off the once we got outside, I'm like, oh, my God, can he, can, will Michael actually do that now? Can you say that I just did? I'm like, I could never do that. 
I could never do that. But he was a relentless negotiator, David. I learned so much from him, even though it was stressful working for him at times. But uh, yeah, he and Michael have this relationship, which is now 36 years old. They still play golf. He's still in Michael's corner. And uh, it's interesting seeing this. I know I'm going to see a lot more of David in this documentary. And the producers are Curtis Polk, who I worked with as well, Estelle Portnoy. She came in after me. But, I, you know, I saw the early days of Michael. And that was a time where, you know, even Michael Jordan, we had a hard time getting national endorsements. We could get endorsements, Chicagoland, Chevy, and things like that. But, you know, weren't any African-American athletes doing national endorsements. Maybe Walter Payton did a Wheaties deal. Maybe Dr. J. But really not much before Michael. So it was quite a breakthrough to get Michael even these national endorsements. And then, of course, Air Jordan. So many cooks in the kitchen claiming credit for that name. <laughs> I, you know, I'll save that for my book in another day. But uh, no one expected it. No one. I mean, no. I think the first year of Air Jordan, I don't know what the numbers are. I'm just top of my head. But I don't know. 70, 80, 90 million dollars projected in total gross sales. And it was hundreds of millions of dollars and just exponentially from there. One of the greatest brands of all time. Certainly, you'd have to say, I guess, the greatest brand in sports apparel, uh, in endemic tools of the trade, sports apparel. That's it, the Air Jordans. So that's where we are. We are looking forward to more of that. And speaking of looking forward to, of course, we're looking forward to the NFL draft. And you've heard on this podcast the past couple of weeks from players, uh, cornerback Darnay Holmes, tight end Nigel Kilby, defensive back Jordan Fuller, and wide receiver Austin Mack, and now two quarterbacks. I want to give you some insights into them. They've been training with Joe Burrow the whole time, out in Dana Point with Jordan Palmer, Carson's brother. Really interesting guys, good guys, and we're hoping for the best for them. So without further ado, the podcast this week features two quarterback prospects entering the NFL draft this weekend, hoping to hear their name called Stephen Montez from Colorado and Cole McDonald from Hawaii. You guys have been through it all. I want to take uh, our listeners, give you give them a chance to hear sort of how it's been since the end of your seasons at Colorado and at Hawaii. Uh, so we'll start with you, Stephen. When you finished up at Colorado, what happened then? I know you signed with Vayner, and where'd you go and when, and how fast did all that happen? So it all actually happened pretty quick after the season ended. I uh, I was looking for an agent, and um, and I was actually Jordan. I was I was already set up with Jordan Palmer, and he actually helped me uh, to find AJ. So I'm extremely grateful for that. And so I ended up, I ended up signing with, with Vayner sports. And, um, and then I ended up going to Dana point, California to, uh, to train with Jordan Palmer, uh, for, for the senior bowl and then for the combine and for pro day. And, uh, I was, I was training with Cole McDonald and Joe Burrow out there. And, uh, it was just a great experience, great atmosphere to, to go and learn and, and to get better. And, um, and it was truly an honor to get to work out with those guys. And you're coming from such a big program at Colorado and uh, well-known there. And how has it been since you left Colorado? Have you been back? And I know you've been in California and you've been in Texas. Have you, are you, you know, I talked to the Ohio State guys last week. Once they uh, lost the Fiesta Bowl, they were pretty much never, never set foot again back in Columbus. How about you? 
Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I'm back in Boulder. I came back to Boulder. Oh, you are. Okay. Um, because I thought that some of my guys that were also preparing for uh, for the draft and for the NFL were were gonna be here. Guys like Lavisca Chanel, Tony Brown, Bo mm-hmm. Bishrod, Jalen Harris. I thought they were all gonna be here so we can throw and and kind of stay in shape and work out together here in Boulder. But when all this coronavirus stuff hit, everybody ended up going home, and um. And so I just ended up staying in Boulder. I, I, I couldn't go home. I didn't want to travel because my dad just had surgery on his finger. And so I didn't want to risk traveling and then and getting sick and then getting my dad sick. So I just I just stayed here. Just stayed put in Boulder. So you're there now. I am. I am here now. And tell us about Boulder right now in terms of, I guess, is it like everywhere else in terms of quarantining we don't hear about a lot of hot zones coming out of uh, Colorado right now so are you a little more able to uh, live a normal life there or is it pretty much the same as all of us no it's pretty much the same as everywhere else I mean they just they recommend that you stay stay inside and uh, and just stay away from people just just uh, just try to be just try to be alone and be by yourself and, and and not not trying to get sick you know Let's move to Cole. Cole McDonald, uh, I told you this before. It just so happened that I had a speaking engagement in Honolulu in the beginning of February. And, yeah, people were kind of impressed with my background. But once I said, hey, my firm's representing Cole McDonald, I became my own little celebrity there. (laughs) You have have got got quite the following on the island. And... uh, I was just uh, pleasantly surprised and amazed at the reaction I got uh, more than anything I talked about with my career, how, how I was representing Cole McDonald. That got quite the reaction and why. So you've got a ton of fans out there. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, just the fan and, and the environment out there, it's it's just a special place just because not only alone, um, they don't they don't have a pro team. So, I mean, kind of the university is kind of like their sports outlet, their sports release um, something that they can watch and, and support, um, you know, so, uh, going out there, it's, it's always an awesome time, man, just because, you know, just everybody out there knows everybody. And, uh, you know, just being in, in that environment, it's just a fun place to be, you know, just people over there are just awesome. And, uh, glad you got to experience a little bit of, uh, what I, what I kind of went through in my college experience. Yeah. I loved it out there and did a lot of hiking and running. I'm a, I'm a runner biker. It was great. And, you know, the one thing that uh, I've heard about you and talked to you a little bit about was your experience getting into college. And as I understand it, you know, two-star recruit and not that much interest out there. And maybe Hawaii was the only place really looking to give you a scholarship. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, I had a couple other D2 offers, D3 offers, but um, I didn't want to go to a D2 or D3. So, um, you know, I already had the, the junior college route lined up, ready to go. Um, was talking to JC coach and signing night. Um, I'm on a, I'm doing a school project at like 1am. Um, and I get a call from this 808 number and it's, and it's Nick Rolovich and calls me and says, you know, Hey man, what's up? Uh, looking at your film. Uh, we're thinking of offering you. I'll call you back in 10. Mm. Uh, I want to watch my film again. <laughs> so does that like three more times, watches my film, goes over it. And, uh, you know, eventually I'm like, dude, is this guy going to ever offer me, man? Like, I'm just waiting. Um, 1 a.m. right now, you know, I got school the next morning. Next morning is actually signing day. 
And, uh, you know, being in that position was pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, he finally pulled the trigger. I didn't take a, a official visit at all. Didn't know anything about the school. Um, you know, I just went there on a, you know, on a, on an opportunity and made the most of it, man. It was awesome. Tell us about living in Hawaii. I mean, I know people see it as kind of this paradise and a lot of tourism and vacation place, but as someone who actually lived there, uh, tell us mm-hmm. about that. I mean, maybe your experience might be different as a football star, but I think you can give us some insights into uh, moving from the mainland to live in Hawaii for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a transition um, going going from Southern California to um, a whole a whole new culture, a whole new environment. Um, you're on an island, you know. There's there's nowhere to go. Uh, you can't see family. Um, you know, uh, it's it's what you make it. That's what I tell people. You know, young young recruits, just people want to go to the island. It's what you make of it. It's who you it's who you interact with. It's, it's how you perceive yourself. Um, do you respect the culture? Do you respect the people there? And um, if you do, man, like you're gonna make an, an amazing uh, friend group. You know, have family. To, to call on uh, whenever you know, um, and uh, you know you're just gonna make the most of it. And, you know, for me and my journey, it was it was just awesome, man. Um, the people, the the culture. I mean, and it's it's obviously Hawaii. So I mean, you're in a beautiful beautiful place with beautiful people, man. Uh, I can't complain. And as you guys mentioned, you both have been training or were training. Let's sort of take you back between end of the season and combine training with Jordan Palmer, as Stephen talked about. Tell me a little more about that experience. I know Jordan's now being featured on some of the work he's done with Joe Burrow and others, but uh, start with you, Cole, your experience working with Steven, with Joe Burrow, that whole experience, those, what was it, six weeks before the combine, you guys, the three of you together? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was insane. Just for me, um, my growth as a player, um, as a person being around, just two uh, phenomenal quarterbacks. Um, it only took my game to the next level, and it was, you know, it was awesome to get to know, you know, Joe and and Steven, um, you know, calling friends for life, and uh, you know, it was it's an awesome process to be a part of, and uh, you know, it's just a fun time being with those guys, learning, and uh, ultimately honing our craft as quarterbacks. Steven. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think Cole kind of hit the hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it was just it was just a great a great environment for people to to just grow as quarterbacks and as people. Um, I mean, I've never been to Dana Point, California. Uh, I, I enjoyed it out there. It was a beautiful place. Uh, Jordan Palmer's best quarterback coach in the nation, in my opinion. I mean, he does a phenomenal job. He brings he brings something really really special to the table. Um. And then, yeah, just like the relationship that Cole said, the friendship that you that you uh, that you develop while you're there training, and you're you're around each other. I mean, pretty much all day, every day, while you're training, just getting to know guys and and learning football and and uh, and soaking up the sun and Dana Point. I mean, it's just it's just just all all good things, and it's just it's it's really a really a blessing to just be able to be a part of that that small group and. Uh, and be able to uh, be able to work with Jordan was just, I mean, it was huge for me. I mean, he really, he really took my game to the next level and working with Cole and Joe also did the same. Just you're competing with each other every single day, even though it's, it's friendly competition, it's still competition and everybody wants to be the best. So uh, just a great environment for growth. Can you take uh, the listeners into kind of a day in the life of that kind of preparation? So you got the three of you living in Dana point 
you know, from from wake up to bedtime, I'll start with you, Stephen, sort of a, a look inside what, what a day in the life is like, one of these camps. Okay. So, yeah, like workout started at 7. So you, you wake up like 6, 6.15, 6.30-ish, get up. Go go to uh, go to workouts at J. Sarah High School. You uh you you go go on the field. You warm up. Do about a 30, 30 minute warm up prehab session, and then we go into speed work with Les Spellman. So whether it was working on shuttles or forties or doing drills to increase top end speed or uh, working on starts for the forty or just just all that stuff. So you work so you work on all that for about an hour and a half, an hour forty five. And then after that, we would go get some water, grab our towels, and then we go with Jordan and, uh, and and warm up our shoulder, warm up our arms, and then we just go through various footwork footwork drills, uh, whether it's whether it's uh, on platform, off platform, working on mm-hmm. working on balance, working on just working on the different fundamentals of, of playing quarterback in, inside the pocket and outside the pocket. Uh, after that, we go in, have lunch. So you have lunch for about 45 minutes to an hour or so. And then we would go and do weightlifting with, uh, with Chad Wesley Smith. And so, um, so we work out with Chad for, for however long the workout took some, some days it was shorter. Some days, some days it was longer, depending on whether it was upper body or lower body. And then after that, we would go back into the meeting room for film study or coverage review with Jordan. And, um, and so we did that as well. And he, and Jordan also mixed in stuff with, uh, just like, like leadership training. So, uh, so Jordan would also talk about, talk about some, some leadership traits that, that the greats have. And, and, uh, if you want to be a leader in the NFL, how you get there and, and what you need to do and, and how you need to be working. And then after that, once that's finished, uh, you finish right around like, I don't know, maybe like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, then you go home back to the house in Dana point and you more than likely we would have like film study. So just watching tape or, or going over what we learned during that day. Um, and then after that, I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of free to do whatever you want. You can, you can go, uh, go travel around Dana point and, and see all the places down there. Maybe go get some food, get some grub and then, and then try to get some sleep for, for the next day. That's a busy day. And Cole, did you miss anything? No, man. I mean, he, he basically covered everything. So like he said, you know, we work out in the morning, you know, later in the afternoon, um, you know, various skill position drills, mental work. Like he said, um, just trying to be the complete quarterback. Um, you know, after, after our workouts, after everything's done, you know, uh, we're kind of in a sense told to get a lot of rest. Um, I think a lot of athletes mm-hmm. don't know how impactful rest really is in terms of your workout, in terms of recovering. So, you know, a lot of that time, you know, we work from early in the morning to, you know, two, three PM, um, you know, throughout the afternoon and, uh, you know, coming home, you know, studying film. Normally, we have some homework we can do, um, but I mean, basically everything Steve said. That's what that's what our day uh, kind of consisted of, man. 
just you two guys and, and Joe Burrow. I think uh, a lot of people have read a lot, seen a lot about Joe Burrow, presumptive number one pick on Thursday night. Anything, I'll start with you, Cole, anything you can share about him that maybe people don't know? I know they're learning so much about him with all the media that he's getting, but uh, any insights to him that uh, you can share with us? Yeah, I got a couple on uh, on my guy, Brother Joe. Uh, he, I mean, he's a good guy, man. Uh, with, with Joe, he's a, he's his like humor is like real dry. Have you ever seen The Office? It's, mm-hmm, it's kind of like The Office type of humor, the way he kind of just conducts himself. He's a, he's a good guy to be around, man. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gets after it, man. He's real responsible, just a good person to be at work with. And, uh, you know, I, I, had a, I had a really enjoyable time working out with him, man. Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Joe's Joe's a great competitor. I think that's what, that's what kind of stood out to me the most of from, uh, from working out with Joe. He's a competitor. He wants to be the best. Um, I mean, he's a great quarterback, obviously. I think, I think the, the part that impressed me the most about him was just when I saw him get on the board, the whiteboard, when he was going through his offense at LSU, I mean, he just had a complete grasp of everything that he was doing at LSU knows how to verbalize it, knows how to put it in words and explain it. Um, and he's a great guy. I think I would I would agree with Cole. He is a little bit dry, um, but he's also he's he's also kind of a different cat. I remember one day we were we were throwing, and he shows up to work out in a, a shirt that's like uh, like a wave on the front of the shirt, and it's a cat surfing on a piece of pizza wearing sunglasses. And I mean, I just, I just kind of, I kind of thought it was funny that he was wearing that shirt, but I mean, that's just the type of guy he is. He's just a little different guy, but I mean, he's a great dude through and through. And, uh, I really enjoyed my time working with him. I'm going to take you guys to the combine. Um, I don't know if you were in Joe's group, but how many quarterbacks were there and, and take us inside sort of, you know, that experience again, this was all pre pandemic. So everything was seemingly normal then, but it was a new experience because of the workouts at night compared to previous years. So I'll start with you, Cole. How how do you look at that experience at the Combine? I mean, it was just a surreal experience. You know, just being at the Combine as as a young athlete growing up, um, I mean, you just dream of it. You know what I'm saying? You, uh, you watch this Combine every year growing up and just dream of the possibility, the opportunity to, to go and perform um, and be in the Combine and, you know, be there. And it, it was just a surreal moment. Um, I know for me and my journey, it was it was a blessing just being there. Um, you know, it was a big learning experience. There was a lot on the plate in terms of, you know, talking to teams, um, having to perform, staying up late at night, having to wake up early to, you know, take more psychological testing. Um, it was just a bunch of stuff that, you know, people don't see behind the behind the TV screen that, uh, you know, you become more appreciative than, like, you know, once you go through this whole process. Um, it was, it was a super cool, super cool experience, you know, seeing all the top recruits in the nation, um, you know, for this draft, you know, in one spot, just, uh, getting to know each other, getting, making some friends, you know, that, uh, ultimately are going to be playing against and playing with. So it was, it was a super cool experience for me. Steven, is there one experience in the combine that, that sort of sticks out for you? Um, I mean, I think my first my first time stepping into Lucas Oil Stadium was just kind of surreal for me. Um, I had never been to Indianapolis like, uh, coming from El Paso, Texas, but um, when we when we walked in that stadium and just kind of seeing how big it was and everything was set up for the combine and they had all the all the combine advertisements all over the place, 
just kind of seeing that for the first time was just really crazy for me because I grew up watching the draft and, uh, and I grew up seeing guys coming through there and, um, and showing what they got dudes running the 40 and dudes doing all the drills and all that. I think, I think those are the two, the two moments that stood out to me the most was when I first stepped into Lucas oil stadium and then probably running the 40, just being on that line, taking a deep breath, getting in your stance and then just driving as hard as you can for five seconds. You know, it's, it's just something that something that you'll probably never get to experience again, especially, especially with the amount of scouts and, and the amount of NFL teams there. So it was just, it was just a really unique moment um, that I'll, that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. And you guys both ran very well. I remember watching it with the guys and the speed was great. They were talking about both of your speed. That's awesome. Um, Steve was moving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you both were. So if you don't, if you don't know, there's not like a clock out on the field. So when you're running your two reps, you really don't know how you did. And yeah, nobody's really running. saying anything to you. Cause it's really just your group out there running and you can't ask for your time or what they had you hand timed as. So, so Cole went, ran, then I ran and then Cole ran again. Then I ran and we were, we were kind of just, while we were standing on the side waiting, we were kind of just asking each other, like, how, how did we look? How did our form look? Like, did we drive out of the blocks? Like, did, like, just did, did it look good just on an eyeball test to us? Now, I mean, we're not, we're not professional speed coaches, so it's tough for us to say, you know, so we couldn't really gauge how well we did, but, um, but Cole gets back to the bench, and I think Cole, you should probably explain this part because this is when Les hits you up, right? <laughs> yeah. So we we get back to the bench, and like you said, you know, you can't see your time throughout, you know, the the two or three jumbo jumbo screens that you know they got set up at the field. So uh, I get back to the bench, and you know, we don't know our times, and I'm like, we're both pretty anxious because you know, obviously, forty yard dash is a big thing in terms of. Uh, you know, the NFL combine. So we were both there and I'm on my phone texting our speed coach and, you know, he's, he calls me and he's just so hyped up and I'm like, dude, what's up? You and you and Steven ran the fastest 40 at the combine, you know, cause Steve ran a four five something dude. And he was moving. And then, you know, we're yeah. both, we're both at the top and, uh, you know, it was, it was just a super crazy moment. You know, Steve comes over, I'm yelling at Steve, like, bro, you ran, you ran this time. Like, it's so like, let's go. Like, we were just so high. Cause it's something you've been training for, for about four or five months or not four or five months, but like four or five weeks, you know, just preparing for this and, uh, you know, to see all that work pay off. It was just pretty cool. So a couple things to unpack there. I had no idea. I've been around the combine for 30 years, 25 years. I've never known that you don't see your time when you're in there. So you, there's no board. There's no, there's no flashing clock anywhere. There's nothing there, for you there's guys. There's literally nothing like literally that. Like it's just, it's you and the sideline. That's it. And there's obviously a couple people there like clocking, but you like, you don't, you can't ask them for your time and there's no board that yeah. shows like your unofficial time. It's, it's there. There's literally nothing. There's no information that you can get. And they don't let you carry your phone on the field either to like text your uh, text your coaches to see what your time was after your first rep. Yeah. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. I mean, it's definitely something that uh, you don't do every day. <laughs> so were you finding out your times from your coach? That conversation you just relayed. Were you still like in the group in the dome? 
Uh, that was after we ran both of our times. So I ran over to my stuff to, uh, you know, that it was, it was near the bench. There was a bench that we were kind of posted up at, you know, we were, we were waiting at, you know, for the first group to go. And then we, we would go and warm up. Uh, so you know, all yeah. of our stuff was over there. And, uh, right when we finished, I ran over and, uh, you know, I just wanted to see our times and, uh, that's kind of how it went down. Wow. That's amazing. And then from the combine, did you guys go back to Dana point? Yes. Yes, we did. From the combine, we went back to Dana point because we had to uh, prepare for pro day and start right. going over the pro day script with Jordan. And then let's start with you, Steven, you were able to get your Colorado pro day in before the shutdown. Yeah, luckily I was. Luckily I was. My pro day was earlier. It was, uh, I believe it was March 11th was my pro day. Oh, wow. So that was, uh, so, the yeah, last it was day. like one of the first, one of the <laughs> earlier ones. And so I went back to Dana Point. I trained with Jordan for about five, six days going over the pro day script. And then I ended up flying back to Boulder to get up here a few days early. So I could throw with some of the guys that were going to be here at pro day names I mentioned earlier. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it went really well. The cool thing, the cool thing that Jordan does about with pro day is he, he kind of allows you to control your own script and to kind of get throws in that you want to get in. He, he lets you put, uh, every receiver on every route that you want them to run. So you're really in control of your pro day script and Jordan, Jordan's there. He gives you the template and he obviously gives you all the footwork and stuff that he wants you to work while you're doing these throws and these reps. Um, but you have, you have a great amount of control over the pro day script and, uh, and how it's run. And, and, uh, and Jordan does a great job coming in and running, running the show and, and making sure everything stays organized and, and, and runs smoothly. Cole, you weren't as lucky, right? You were going to do the SC and or <laughs> UCLA pro days. Yeah, I wasn't too lucky. I, I actually had the UCLA one and the USC one planned. So with Hawaii, we oh. don't do our pro day in Hawaii. We do ours at the UCLA facilities. Um, so we, I was planning on that happening March 25th and then the 26th. Um, but, you know, with everything going on with quarantine, uh, we were unfortunately able to do it. So, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely a, a tough kind of a tough deal in terms of, you know, a lot of coaches like to see your pro day, like to see you throw to your receivers and, uh, um, not being able to do that was kind of tough, especially for, you know, some of our guys that, uh, may have not gotten the opportunity or the look that they wanted. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of unfortunate, but you know, with, uh, with the combine, it was, it was pretty cool getting, getting those reps, getting my name out there. And then, uh, you know, just seeing where, where these, where these chips may fall come, uh, come this weekend. Yeah, let's speak about that for a minute. You guys have been doing some Zoom meetings with teams and trying to do electronically what uh, you can't do physically with with visits and meetings. How's that going, Stephen? Uh, I think it's been going really well. I've had I've had a, a number of of different meetings. I I actually just downloaded Zoom today because I because uh, <laughs> I have a meeting later on, but. Um, I, I was doing them through FaceTime and Skype and they've been going really well. You just, you just basically asked to talk about your offense and, and uh, your knowledge of the game. And I mean, us working with Jordan and, and being hard workers at, at our colleges. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy to talk about a game that you love, you know? So it's, yeah. um, I, yeah, I think they've been going really well. I think they've been positive. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I'm, I, I don't really know how they did it and uh previous years 
just because this is my first time going through this process, you know? So right. I, I, I wasn't really familiar with the, the 30 visits or flying out there or whatever. But, um, but I mean, I think with all the technology nowadays, I think it makes it really convenient to, to be able to hop on zoom or Skype or FaceTime or what have you and, and go ahead and, and have that conversation and have that meeting. I think it makes it really convenient. Yeah, and Cole, these meetings are they are they with coaches, personnel guys, coordinators, quarterback coaches, all of the above? Let us know that. Yeah, so I mean, you get some scouts calling you trying to get the, the little bits of information. Um, but generally, if you're going to talk to a team, you're talking with uh, an OC, maybe the quarterback coach in our position, just because of uh, you know the position we obviously play. So um, yeah, I mean, you're just talking to uh, to scouts to some OCs selling yourself, like Steven said, talking about the game, your knowledge of it. Um, and yeah, just, you know, trying to sell yourself as a, as a person, as a player, um, and as a businessman. So that's kind of like, uh, what these meetings consist of. And come this week, it sounds like Cole, you're at home in, in Southern California. That's where you're going to be during the, the three day extravaganza. Yeah. I'm going to be here for the, uh, for the extravaganza. Um, this, it's kind of interesting having this quarantine happen and trying to not celebrate, but, you know, just have some yeah. people there for you to experience like this journey that, um, you're only going to experience once in your life. And, uh, you know, it's been, a it's been interesting trying to, you know, coordinate different things, you know, see what family can come over and whatnot. So, uh, you know, we're just taking it day by day, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's exciting man. I'm just trying to enjoy it. And Steven, you're going to be in Boulder when it's all going on. Are you going to be around people? Are you going yeah, to be I'm going to be in Boulder. Uh, they got a, they got a rule down here, or like a law in Colorado that says you can only have uh, at maximum six people in your house at one time. So, mm-hmm. um, so the only people that are going to come up for me is my mom, my dad, my younger brother Raymond, and uh, one of my best friends from college, Brett Tons, who was actually my roommate all three years. Um, and so they're going to come up and, and, and obviously it's me and my girlfriend at my, uh, at my house in Boulder. So it'll be us six for, for the draft. And, uh, I'm excited to just be around some family, especially after being cooped up for, you know, about a month's time now. So it'll be good to see some, uh, some familiar faces. Yeah. And I have to ask, and I, I, I anticipate the answer being, uh, you know, wherever, whoever takes me, that's where I want to go. But, I have to ask any preferences on teams, on locations, on coaching staff, on where you want to go. Nah, start with you, I got no preferences. I'll, I'll, I'll suit up for anybody who wants me. Cole. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying about to Steven, like you said, this is the opportunity alone. That's, that's all we need, man. And, uh, you know, once we get that, I feel like we're going to be pretty locked in, in terms of whatever team we go to. So, I mean, we only need the opportunity, man. So that's what we're waiting for. Regardless of the team environment um or coaching staff you know we're, we're going to get after it yeah and this is a, a unique year in so many ways i guess you know the the feeling is once you do get drafted there's gonna be a lot some of this weight lifted off your shoulders in terms of where you're going to play then we get to the bigger discussion of will we play and how will we play and will we have fans and what's the world going to be like in a couple months with the virus I'm sure you're kind of putting that off while you just focus on, okay, let's find out your employer, right? No, yeah. Um, You know, it's it's just going to be pretty interesting in terms of, you know, what's going to happen with this season. Even if we are going to have rookie minicamp, OTAs, you know, it's still all up in the air. So we're just 
um, Stephen and myself, we're just kind of playing it by ear right now and just seeing uh, what's going to eventually happen with everything going on. Cole, I have to ask for your fans out in um, Hawaii. You shaved the dreads. Uh, how, to, how to shave the dreads, you know, it was, it was something that was uh, pretty important to me in terms of my journey um, and my walk, um, you know, just of what Hawaii has been to me, what's what's given me and um, the relationships that it's, you know, kind of um, presented itself with. And, you know, it's been a blessing. Right. And, you know, just getting those dreads, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting choice on my part at first. Um, definitely didn't uh, get a lot of positive remarks coming out of the coming out of the gate but it kind of stuck and uh you know just um cutting it off you know i just had the the mentality of you know hair grows back but opportunity doesn't and uh you know going in that process that combine process that's that's kind of what i wanted um coaches and, and staffs to see is that you know uh regardless of what's going on um you know i'm, I'm here for business i'm here to play and i'm here to win and uh, you know kind of hair it's it's a it was a big thing for me in terms of uh, something that I've been growing out for three years. Um, right. But it was, it was a choice that needed to be made in terms of, you know, the long-term decision. So, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely tough, but it was something to be done. And uh, sad day. So uh, we're, we're praying we'll see him back soon, but uh, who knows when that might be. It's a great line. Uh, hair grows back. Opportunity doesn't love it. I'll be using that at some point. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You guys have been great. Anything else that you want listeners to know about you as you prepare to hopefully hear your name sometime Friday or Saturday? Anything that uh, else you'd like to share, Stephen? Um, I mean, no. Nah, I'm just, I'm just ex- extremely grateful for this opportunity. I mean, this is, this is an opportunity not too many people get the chance uh, at uh, at doing. So I'm just, I'm just extremely thankful, and I'm thankful for everybody who's helped me along the way because. I definitely didn't get here by myself. I had a ton of help on the way. I had parents, I had coaches, I had friends, I had other, other family. I had just, just all, all kinds of people chipping in to, uh, to help me get to where I'm at today. So I'm just extremely grateful for those people. And, uh, and I hope you guys tune into the virtual draft. I mean, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be different than it, than it's been in years prior, but I think it's still going to be exciting. And, uh, and I think it's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time to just to just see what shakes out. I mean, nobody really knows where they're gonna go, so I think that's the that's the fun about the draft is it's it's all kind of just like a waiting game and it's all a whole lot of anticipation. So I'm just really excited about it. I know Cole is too, and uh, and uh, and I wish I wish Cole Cole luck as well, man. I like Cole like like you said at the beginning of this podcast. I mean, friends for life. I mean, he's right. We uh, we created a bond while we trained out together in Dana Point and, and created a friendship. So I just I wish the best for him and I wish the best for all the guys that we trained with as well. Really well yeah. said, Cole. Kind of piggybacking off of what what Stephen just said. You know, uh, just just going through this whole process and you know to, to the people listening, man. First of all, stay safe, man. Um, stay stay healthy. Um, pray that you guys are all in, in good health and uh, you know. Uh, if if you guys want to just hear one thing that I had to say, you know, it's just enjoy, enjoy these moments with family um, and with, and with uh, just people all around, just because, you know, it's, it's a nice uh, eye opener to see just, you know, what, where uh, people's kind of, you know, uh, values lie, you know, it's, it's good to realign values with family. So, you know, just enjoy time right now in, in quarantine. Um, you know, like, like Steve said, you know, um, it's, 
it, it's all it, at the end of the day, you know, you just want to see your friends, your friends and your teammates succeed, you know, getting to know Steve, getting to know Joe and the other guys that we were training with for combine. Um, you know, those, those guys are people that I'm going to be touching for the rest of my life. You know, um, so, you know, like you say, you know, uh, we're, we're just really appreciative of being in this position. And also, you know, we're, we're really happy to see other, you know, our friends and our team succeed. Um, you know, it's been a super cool process. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed, you know, even speaking on this podcast, man, you know, thank you for having, um, Steven and myself. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, to this journey and hopefully you guys can uh, join in too. Um, see our, see our growth from a uh, rookie to uh, whatever we become. Really great comments. Steven Montez coming out of Colorado, Cole McDonald coming out of Hawaii, two quarterbacks, Vayner sports clients going in the draft this weekend. Follow them, follow them. Good guys, good players. Let's see where they go. Thanks so much guys for coming on the podcast. All the best yeah. for this weekend. Thank you for having us. I really, I really do appreciate it. I know, I know uh, you could have had anybody on this podcast, but I, I appreciate that you chose us. So, uh, so thank you. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Really appreciate it. Really hope you enjoyed listening to those guys. Good guys. They became close with Joe Burrow. What an experience they had in getting ready, and they'll never forget this time in their lives. Uh, getting ready during a pandemic as they wait for the names to be called while they're socially distanced this weekend in the NFL draft. Really interesting guys. Thought Stephen so outgoing, so full of life. Same with Cole and Cole's comment that hair comes back, but opportunities don't always. So he'll have more hair, but he won't have more opportunities. And he cut it in that poignant moment that he talked about. Hope you enjoyed that podcast as we get ready for the NFL draft. Two interesting guys, two interesting stories, their time with Jordan Palmer, getting to know each other, getting to be best friends as they prepare for this unique draft in history during the pandemic. And we'll look for their names this weekend, probably Saturday during the NFL draft. Now word from our sponsor again, bet online. You think there's nothing to bet on? You'd be wrong. We've got, of course, we've got no NBA, NHL, or MLB, but hundreds of events, games, props, you can bet on anything. And of course, entertainment betting is going on. Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even Nathan's hot dog eating contest, all 24 hours a day, all online. Visit our friends at Bet Online. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Get your free account. Make sure to use that promo code. Podcast one for your sign-up bonus. Again, bet online, your online sports book experts. Enjoy the draft, everyone. It'll be a special time. A draft we'll never forget, the virtual draft. And uh, what an experience it'll be. We'll look forward. We'll wrap it up all next week on the Business of Sports podcast. So thanks for listening. Appreciate my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal, the music by my son, Sam, who's been with me. Appreciate all of you who follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt and Apple Podcasts. Rankings and comments are always appreciated. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain, every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack, with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. 
Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.